When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Just like that. Your home for everything rugby league. This is Running It Straight with Tony Kemp and Sam Hewitt on SENZ. That is rugby league. Welcome into uh, Running It Straight for another Wednesday. Welcome into the show. Uh, Sam Hewitt alongside Kimpy. Uh, Texan double eight double three at any time, at any stage, if you want to have your say on the great game of rugby league. We uh, get into the business end of the NRL, the business end. We still have two rounds to go. And, of course, the Warriors, a very tough assignment tomorrow, no, Friday night against the Panthers. Um, which we will talk about, I'm sure, a bit later on. But as I said, double eight, double three. if you want to have your say. Um, there's a lot of games to go through. There's a few uh, controversies as well, which I'm keen to get Kempe's takes on. Um, and I'm sure you've got some questions for uh, the big man himself. Um, Scotty Sattler hopefully joining us on the show today. Of course, the former Penrith Panther and uh, now SEN host. Um, just before his show kicks off across the ditch, uh, he might come on and, and just talk to us about that game on Friday night. we got round 23 to go over, round 24 coming up. We'll do six again and inside the 10 as well. But we start the show as we always do with this. Kempe's call. With two weeks of regular season left, we are starting to see the makeup of the finals finally taking shape. Panthers look like they will host the Storm if the Storm can stop the run of six wins against the Roosters this Friday night. The Sharks should secure third spot with a win on Saturday beating the Dogs, which means that they will meet the Cowboys for the first week of the semis. However, if the Eels get the Bronx tonight at Suncorp and the Storm lose to the Roosters, we will have a pretty good finish to regular season with all three capable of ending up in fourth spot. Footy man, I love it. This time of year, finals comes early. Both the Rabbits and the Bronx can do no better than fifth spot in the next two weeks, and the Bronx are the only team that can be pipped for eighth spot by the Raiders. But as we know, the winner has always come from the top four teams. Will this be the year it all changes with both South, last year's grand finalists, and the Roosters on a heater currently running a six-game winning streak? Lachelle Mitchell, the key for South and Trent Robinson time in his teams, run to perfection. Only a brave man would bet against it. For me, though, it's Penrith to lose. And only a gigantic effort from the others will see anything else but Penrith being crowned 2022 NRL champions. That was Kempe's call. 
You sound like the um, Fox Lee guy. What's his name? Uh, oh. Does the does the intro with the music underneath, Kempi? You know, really two teams Jeez, going that's... to battle on Friday night. <laughs> um, high praise. Um, look, one thing that, that I want to talk to you about, um, and maybe we'll just go right off the bat here. Um, what you saw over the weekend is just the total disparity between the top, top teams, and the top and bottom. But but even for a team like the Bronx, and you know. Um, it, it's I don't know it, it sort of screams the NRL's never been like this in my mind Kempe the NRL is one of the most even competitions around the globe it's a salary capped competition so theoretically it should be tight from top to bottom it's just seen over the last two or three years that the, the, the divide between a top eight and a bottom eight side and even a top four and the next 12 is, is just getting Almost too big. Yeah, well, five of the scores were were cricket scores. It was it was the mo- it was a record for the most points across Scored an NRL weekend. weekend. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah, it's not good. F- it's not good viewing when you're getting fifty point games. You know, like even I even I tend to turn it over and see what's going on on the other channel when you know that a team is out of it. And this time of the year, to see four or five teams out of it and not really competing on the football field right up until Sunday night is disappointing. So the salary cap is meant to even out the competition. Mm. Yep. So the, the whole reasoning around the salary cap is so that every year you get a different winner. But what it looks like currently is that no one can knock Penrith off. No one can knock the Storm off. You know what I mean? The players that they got in there across the board, full of internationals, full of origin players, it only says one thing to me, Sam. In the next two years... Penrith and Melbourne can't afford those players. Yeah. So if you're a savvy club man currently, mm-hmm. you would be looking at their players, especially marquee spots, and saying, I am targeting that player and I'm making sure that I'm bringing them to my club. And this is where I think the Bulldogs uh, have got it right because I feel like they're building for that two to three year period. You look at teams like the Tigers and the Warriors, they're probably going to miss that window. So in two or three years' time, they're still going to be battling to try and get themselves off that sort of bottom spot, whereas I think the Bulldogs are doing that now. And in two or three years' time, they're obviously getting in Kakao as well next season. Um, they'll start to get some of these guys that are unaffordable for the top clubs. And I think you could see the Bulldogs, you know, and they've obviously got Gus Gill there as well, good talent sort of attractor. Um, can, can bring can bring athletes to the club. I'll, t- I'll yeah. tell you what the ma- I'll tell you what the main part of the Bulldogs uh, recruitment strategy is, is is Cameron Serraldo, who along with Todd Payton um, four or five years ago, and we played in the the last of the under twenties finals, Penrith versus Cowboys. Now yeah. those players are all facing off in one and two, mm. and the coaches are also there as well. So for Phil yeah. Gould to go to Cameron Serraldo and secure him to a five year deal, as well as coming out of the Penrith structure, knowing that the West Sydney. Um, uh, recruitment of of Polynesian boys in and around Penrith and that Cameron has a relationship with those players is easier to attract them to the Bulldogs than anywhere else. Mm. So I I think it's a really astute move by Phil Gould. You know, I I know people people have said five years is too long. No, I think you're going to see coaches being hired for longer than five years. Yeah. I think people realise, and Full Gould especially, it's going to take us five years to build a winning, uh, a championship winning team. Yeah, and he did. I think Phil Gould now knows that after what happened with Ivan Cleary, you know, where they got rid of him very prematurely, realised the mistake, got him back, and it was basically five years from there that they, they won a premiership. So I think even Phil Gould now has wised up to the the longer contracts. I think we might talk about sets. Uh, talk to sets about this a bit more as well. It'll be very interesting to get his take. Um, we'll get to him very very shortly. But before we do, um, we'll just have a quick look at uh, round twenty four. Round Rewind. Started on Thursday night. The Panthers doing the business over the Rabbitohs. And uh, 
See, it wasn't for a late try. Liam Martin, who scored in the 78th minute, um, I know Stephen Crichton kicked a penalty to draw the scores at 20 to all, I think, with 10 minutes to go. I think the Rabbits, even though I felt like the Panthers were in control of that game, I still think the, the Rabbits will be disappointed they weren't able to close it out. Oh, 100%. The discipline just towards the end. The last five minutes, they think they got a repeat set. The ball went down the other end, and, uh, and Liam Martin got a pretty easy try. Yeah, to cap it off. it's a good win for the Panthers. You know, last year's final being replayed, and I just personally, I thought the Rab- Rabbitohs just could not put them away. Wow. They they showed why depth is um, paramount in their club, and players know that they need to step up. No Cleary, no Lu- Luai, um, and yet they went out there with two halves that are you know mediocre halfbacks, yep. and just cleaned up. And to get the Rabbitohs, who I, th- who I thought were a good push towards the finals. I think. I think it's done the Panthers wonder. And it's to me is what the Rabbitohs lacked last year. What you just mentioned, the ability to put those sides above them to the sword. Um, they're going to need to fix that if they want a, any chance of winning this year. Um, Cowboys Warriors on Friday night. Very tough watch, Kempe. Um, Forty-eight points to four. Um, second half a little bit better, but I felt like. The thing that disappointed me the most was the tries that were scored were very, very soft tries yeah. from, from North Queensland. Yeah, well well um, presented by the offensive coach t- tackling our right-hand side. You know, you had, you had um, Sean Johnson and Murchie being isolated all the time. They were running through one-on-one tackles all night, as we uh, pointed out on the Reece commentary. Reese as well. Had a, was just terrible. Yeah. So, you know, Stacey has to address that this week and get them back up because they've got another... They've, they've got some big boys coming to them down those edges this week at Penrith. The uh, 9.30 Friday night game, of course, the Storm Broncos at Suncorp. We mentioned it in the commentary that the Storm... Um, oh, sorry, the Broncos hadn't beaten the Storm at Suncorp since 2009, which is remarkable. But, um, yeah, Storm getting the business done. 60 points to 12. Take your pick of the try score. As Nofaluma scored a double, Justin Allen scored a double, Munster was there, Jerome Hughes was there. Just one of those storm performances where nothing goes wrong. No, nah, look, and the, the Broncos, you know, that's that's a big dent for them. Oh, that, whether they can recover from that going into these last two games, they they could be the only team that misses out on the eight because I thought the eight wouldn't change. But Canberra breathing down their neck, they need two points this weekend, obviously. Um, but the Storm, like you'd be really disappointed being the defensive coach of the Broncos because their tries are soft too. Yeah, you know they're running through. Um, Bromwich on that left-hand edge with his around-the-corner offload back to Olam. Yeah, Olam was just, you know, if you don't show up to, to tackle Olam, he's, he's going to run past you every is. day. He is. He is an absolute bastard. Um, Eels versus Bulldogs was the Saturday night 5 o'clock game. Eels 42, Bulldogs 6. Um, not not so much surprised that the Eels won, but probably by as strong as they did. And, a, and once again, very important for them. Um, you know, getting that momentum heading into finals. Yeah, Q's Q- in the rack for the Bulldogs. Two weeks in a row, they've been towed up of 40. The Warriors at one end and the Eels at the other. Um, whether or not the Eels have got another couple of wins in them. You know, they're pushing up the table, but they've got uh, a couple of games that they really need to win to, to, to cement their finals position. Sharks-Eagles. Sharks beating them 40 points to 6. Um, not too much going on there for the Seagulls. Roosters 72 points to 6 over the Tigers, of course. That was an absolute riot. Um, Dragons 46, Titans 26. High scoring that one. And then uh, Knights-Raiders. The Knights blowing it late to the Raiders. I thought the Knights would get it, Kempe. Um, 28 points to 22, the Raiders winning that one. So um, an interesting round 24 and another very interesting spatter games coming up in round at 25. Uh, what we'll do is we'll take a small break when we come back. Uh, we'll get Scotty Sattler up on the line for Penrith Panther himself. Uh, we'll chat through this weekend's games as well as the big Warriors v Penrith game on Friday night. Scotty Sattler after this. Hard-hitting analysis of one of the greatest games on earth. We're talking rugby league. This is Running It Straight on SCNZ.
Yeah, welcome back into Running It Straight. Sam Hewitt alongside Tony Kemp and um, a great privilege to have on the show former Penrith Panther himself, now ECN host, uh, Scotty Sattler. Afternoon, Sats. Hello, gents. How are you? Mate, yeah, yeah doing good, well. Sats. How are you, mate? Long time no no talk. Yeah, good to, good to hear from you, Kempi. Um, I was only talking to some um, some of our, our listeners the other day um, that I ran into the street and they were mad Newcastle fans from back in the Henny Penny days. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't remind yeah, well, me. I was a bad fan of Henny Penny. <laughs> all, those, <laughs> all those originals keep getting bought up, those uh, those great originals at the nights, yeah. Yeah, mate. Hey, um, thanks thanks a lot for joining us on Running It Straight today. We just wanted to ask you a few uh, a few brain teasers, really. Oh, the first one I want to go to is Full Gould at, Pen- at, at Canterbury and the signing mm-hmm. of Seraldo. Now, I'm thinking along the lines of Seraldo with that under-20 side where he won the final and able to get his hands on a, on that big recruitment um, machine that they have at Penrith and full gold capitalising on that. Is that how you see it? Yeah, it's, it's pretty astute signing, can we, to be quite honest. Um, you know, what Phil Gould's doing at Bulldogs, he, he did at Penrith, I think back in 2011, 2012 it may have been, when basically the Panthers football club was, was on its knees and he went in there and basically peeled all the layers back, got a loan from James Packer and and uh, we're seeing the, the rewards of that now. Now, the Bulldogs don't need the money, we know that, but what they do need is they need success and they need depth and, and Phil Gould's always been very good at, at creating that and that's what Cameron Sorolo comes from. He comes from a, a he's what they call a development coach, one of the coaches that takes on really young players and turns them into really good NRL players, and he oversaw a lot of those really good young junior players that have now, you know, have got another minor premiership for the for the Panthers this year, your Luwais and your, um, you know, Liam Martins and Dylan Edwards, all those young players. So, um, you know, they've got Billy Army Kikiao signed there next year. They've got Matty Burton there as well. So you can start to see the signs of a, you know, the framework of a, a pretty good side, actually. They've improved greatly this year, and then Sorrell, they're going in next year, he'll uh, be able to you know, sign a few of those other younger players. Maybe the Panthers won't be able to hold on to from the salary cap reason. So five years was a, was an interesting one. Um, I know that when you go into a club that's struggling, it probably takes you two years minimum just to, to be able to get to where you really want to get to before you can start thinking about playing uh, top four rugby league. So um, five years is interesting, but you know, mm. Phil Gould knows more about rugby league and, and the people in it than, than most people. So he thinks that five years will be the is the right number for Cameron Sorrello in his first NRL head coaching job. Mm. The, I mean, the Bulldogs are sort of, they're a team um, sets that you can see in five years, probably, you know, with the players they're bringing in and, and the fact that they've sort of turned a few of their performances around this year, a team that maybe is on the right track. But there are quite a few teams down the bottom there that really, you know, a lot, a lot of fans, I know, you know, the Warriors included, but, but you know, the Tigers and, and the Knights, they're looking at it sort of just wanting to see some sort of long-term plan. And I guess the interesting, that was highlighted over the weekend with just these massive blowouts by those top teams. How do you? Oh, I think we might have lost sets. I've just, as I've been talking, he's dropped off. Maybe he didn't like what I was saying, Kimpy. <laughs> yeah, he'll be right. He's a, good, but, he, he's a very good um, mind when it comes to football, mate, in and around all that stuff around development. Being there as a as a player, especially around that Penrith um, structure, you know, when they got that that grand final, they beat us in the major semi and then came back and won the grand final uh, back in two thousand. I think it was two thousand and three. So you know, uh, the interesting part about uh, Penrith and f- especially Full Gould going into Canterbury is just that 
that slight manipulation of what he already knows in and around Canterbury and Penrith yeah. and the bringing of people and key positions into that, that side to make sure that it's around transferring those numbers, those players mm. over to him. I think we've got Sats back there. Um, Sats, sorry, mate, I think we, uh, we might have dropped out on our end. But um, I was just saying that, you know, the Bulldogs, it seems like they've got a good plan in place, but there are a few teams down the bottom that fans are looking at going, man, it just doesn't look like there's any light at the end of the tunnel. And when you looked at the weekend, the blowouts that we had um, with some of those top teams, is it is it a real concern that the gap between top and bottom is is sort of getting ever wider? Yeah, there is an argument from that from the weekend. We we very rarely see a, a weekend of rugby league like we've seen. Like I I can't remember the last time we've seen results like that uh, across the board. Um, it is a concern at the back end of the season. I, I will never I will never uh, agree to any argument that says that players give up. I don't think that any player gives up. I just think that players who can't play finals and their years have their club has struggled all year. I truly believe you just go into this individual mindset. I'm just going to look after my own backyard. I'm not going to worry about any of my other teammates. And that's a dangerous mindset to be in when you're playing against 13 other players. And we saw that with, you know, like the Tigers on, on Saturday night, which is heartbreaking to see. Yeah, you know, is, is, there, is there a big gap between uh, the, the top eight and the bottom eight? I don't think there's a big gap. There's a big gap between the top four, yeah. I think, and, and those that miss out on the top eight. I think those other sort of eighth, seventh, sixth position, that's really up for grabs for anyone. And the minute you make the finals, and Kempi, you know better than most, the minute you make the finals, it's a new ball game. Mm. So um, I just think there's a there's a huge gap between first and fourth. But what usually happens is, in any team that has success, that it all comes around, the wheel turns in the, in the point where you can't hold on to everyone, and some of those other clubs need to need to get some of that talent. We've seen that with the West Tigers. You know, they've got Isaiah Papali'i and they've got uh, Apikorosau. Tim Sheen says they're going to let some players go. They're in the market to sign a, a possible another marquee player. Uh, Stephen Crichton has been mentioned that he possibly could go to the Bulldogs. So the, the wheel turns for a lot of clubs. And, you know, what comes to mind for me is the Roosters. Well, they won the yeah. comp in 2013. They're flying. Then all of a sudden, I think they finished in the bottom three in the next couple of years. So... The wheel turns for everyone because the salary cap, that's what it's meant to do. It's meant to even out the competition. It doesn't do that immediately, but it does down the track where other teams get the ability to, to pick the talent out of some of those big sides. Yeah, that's right. And, and you've got to be a smart recruiter when you're looking at those top sides, knowing that the price of those players are going through the roof and whether or not you want them as your marquee players. Mate, the, the top four in the competition, you just pointed out, you know, generally that's where the, the winner comes from. Well, we haven't had one win from below four. But how are you seeing it pan, pan out between the likes of Melbourne and Penrith especially? And, of course, you've got the Cowboys and Cronulla, who probably nobody would have picked at the beginning of the year to sit there in second and third position. What's your thoughts on the on the, on the makeup of the final four? Well, Penrith, I think, at this stage, I don't think anyone's going to come near them because um, I remember watching, calling the game last year for SCN. It was the Melbourne versus Penrith grand final qualifier. Melbourne had the worst game I've ever seen them play in finals under Craig Bellamy. And uh, they lost that game to Penrith. Penrith went through and win the competition. Now, if that happened to Penrith and a couple of their key players had a had a bad night, there's still four or five other, other players that can pick up the slack for them. Where Melbourne, with no Cameron Smith, you know, Munster had an off night. Um, Harry Grant had an off night as well. There were a lot of other players there to, to pick up the slack. And I don't think you see that with Penrith. So at the moment, they're winning the comp by the length of the straight. Um, the Cowboys, who I've got to say, I, I was one of many that thought they'd finish in the bottom four, and I'm glad they haven't because I'm a big fan of Toddy Payton's. 
Um, they still find it really difficult to win in Sydney. Um, then you've got Melbourne, who are just Melbourne. You know, they sent a real message last week um, in last week's game against the Brisbane Broncos. And the Cronulla Sharks, who I know for a fact, I've spoken to a couple of players from and coaches from teams that are in the top eight, and they said the only team they don't want to face in the finals is the Sharks. They have the ability to drag you into the trenches and and really turn it into a street fight. And um, but the one argument against them that many will say is they don't they don't have that one marquee player that can just mm. when you need to pull the trigger like a Cam Munster or a Nathan Cleary or someone like that that can really just pull the trigger when they need to and turn the game on a dime. They don't really have that one player. Nico Hines is slowly becoming that sort of player, but not yet. But you know, if the Cronulla Sharks are going to win finals, they're going to win them with a scoreline of 14-10, 14-12, they're going to scratch and bite as much as they can to win and get through to that uh, that last game of the season. Hey, mate, just uh, before we wrap things up, what about uh, your daily M's this year? Like, I've, I've put one out there. I think that Dylan Edwards must go close for the daily M's. What are your thoughts on the daily M? Yeah, I think Benny Hunt will be leading uh, going into the final two rounds. Um, he's been outstanding for the Dragons, and sometimes, most of the time, it comes from a, a, a team that, you know, where they don't really share the points. Yeah. yeah. Dylan Edwards, unfortunately, shares the points with a lot of other players. Yeah, Picorosau, um, Isaiah Yo, uh, James Fisher-Harris, they get a lot of points, and Nathan Cleary, of course, so... Sometimes it doesn't always come from the best side, but um, I think um, you know, I think Chad Townsend, uh, Scott Drinkwater, um, yeah, Ben Hunt deserves to, to be there. Isaiah Yo will, will go very close as well. So um, yeah, it's it's going to be a funny one this year. Usually there's a there's a there's a bit of a breakaway from someone, but when it went behind closed doors at round 16, um, Benny Hunt was in the lead and. To be quite honest, I, I can't remember him dropping too many games in relation to his individual game. He's always been mm. one of the better players on the field, even when they lose the Dragons. Yeah, after Origin as well, I think he's just gone to another level. Um, so yeah. just, just before we let you go, mate, um, teams named last night for, for Friday's game, Panthers and the Warriors. Um, I think it's basically a full-strength Panthers side, aside from Nathan Cleary. They've got Jerome, uh, Jerome Luai back in there, and James Fisher-Harris comes back in. Is it, are we potentially going to see another cricket score on Friday night? <laughs> Oh, you know, I hope not because I've got a real soft spot for the Warriors. I'm, I'm calling this game at, um, at Bluebet on Friday night, so I'm really looking forward to the game. Um, yeah, no Clearies. It's it's not the same side without Cleary. Uh, Lillewise not the same player without Cleary yet mm. in his career. Um, but James Fisher-Harris, they get him back. I'm, I can't wait to see him go up against Adam Fanua Blake. I know for a fact he... He singles out opposition players and he just he, he hunts them from the first second. So... Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a good one to look forward to, just that forward battle, I think. So, yeah, can't wait for it. Yeah, awesome. mate. Awesome stuff. Hey, Sets, I uh, really appreciate you coming on, my friend. Uh, what have you got lined up on your show uh, this evening? I know you're about to go to here in a couple of hours. What are you guys lining up? Uh, we're talking to Connor Watson from the Roosters. Uh, what's it like living, uh, what's it like life after uh, Caleb Pong? Because they used to live together at Newcastle. Um, just, and we've got, we got these uh, sports day blowtorch questions we throw at them as well. Like, who would be the Prime Minister for a day if you had to give it to one player? Who's one player you wouldn't <laughs> like to live with? Who's one player you'd like to be for just one week? Out of one of your players in the, in, the, in your team. So, yeah, he's a, he's a good character, Connor Watson. So, looking forward to him. And also, we're talking to Roger Tuivasa-Shek, not the ah. Roger Tuivasa-Shek, the actual Shuey. Oh, Roger Shuey. Roger Shuey-Vasa-Shek. <laughs> yes. Mate, he's come from the clouds there, Blake. He's an influencer. <laughs> I love him.
I love him. So can't wait to talk to him. And about also, and also that last game, um, the charity that he's supporting as well. So, yeah, can't wait for that. Awesome. Awesome stuff, Sets. Really appreciate coming on. See you, guys. There you go. Scotty Sattler, former Penrith Panther. Great to get his thoughts. Um, like you said, he can be very, he's got a very astute mind, doesn't he, um, he around he the does. game. And he's a great caller too. You know, um, if, you, if you ever hear um, him on the SEN commentaries, um, he's a great little sidekick. Well, etched, um, etched his, uh, his name into folklore, not only his father, when his father played, but when he chased down old yeah, Skinny Byrne on the on the left wing there for the Sydney City Roosters when he thought he was home and hose and, yeah. and they're going to wrap that grand final up and oh, out three, of the blue it? came Scotty Sattler. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I got to play with Scotty up in, up in, North, uh, up in Queensland for the Queensland Crushers. Good bloke. Real good bloke. Champion, mm. champion of a man. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad that he's calling footy. He's got a very, very smart mind. Yeah, great to catch up with Sats. Um, we'll take a short news break when we come back. Um, if you've got any questions, double eight double three is the text machine, and uh, we'll go through some of your questions. There's a few things I want to put to Kempi as well, and we will uh, preview round 25 coming up as well. There are some ripper games this weekend. We cannot wait. Um, but we will get a news break first with Johnny Mack. That's six again, six again. Right, um, someone's actually just texting here quickly saying, uh, can you boys give us an update on the NRL ladder? So I'll go through that quickly for you. So Penrith uh, first on 40 points, uh, of course minor premiers, Cowboys in second on 34, Sharks on 34 as well in third, so just points to separating them. Uh, the Storm in fourth on 32. Um, the rest of the top eight, the Eels are in fifth on 30 points, the Roosters, Rabbits and Broncos, six, seven, eight respectively, all on 28 points. Um, Roosters obviously helping their points stiff over the weekend with that big win over the Tigers. So the Raiders are just outside of the eight on ninth, 26 points. Um, Dragons are not going to make it, 22 points in 10th. Um, the Seagulls just below them in 11th on 20. Then you've got the Bulldogs in 12th on 14, the Warriors on 13th on 14, and the Knights in 14th on 14 before we get to the Titans in 15th on 10 points and the Tigers in 16th on 10 points. Um, I'll start off with a text that's come through here on double eight double three. Um Kempe from Cecil. Um, Kempe, as a coach, how long do you persist with a player who has reached their peak and that peak is average at best? I feel like I know who we're talking about here. I know everyone can't be a, super, a superstar, but does someone like Bunty need to be shopped to Super League when an enthusiastic rookie could do a similar, if not better, role? Yeah, look, that's a the thousand, the thousand million zillion trillion dollar question, isn't it? Like, why do we, you know, you have a look at Tanoa Brown like last week at the Cowboys, for instance. You know, we need size in the middle of the park, yet we let that kid walk out. Like, that kid would have cost the club nothing to keep. Um, and, I, and I hear what you're saying. It's, it's really about, for me, the strategy and the head coach having autonomy over the team. Um, and if you've got full autonomy over the team, and especially around recruitment, so your head coach should recruit. Mm. He should be head of recruitment. You know, not a recruitment manager that tells the coach that these are the players that you need, you need to play. I think it's a little bit back to front um, and the reason why we don't see those type of decisions being made. So, yeah, it's a it's a, it's baffling. We're just talking to, to Scotty Sattler about what Phil Gould do, did at Penrith, what Penrith are doing now, how they're building that team. He, and he just said, you know, like they've, they've signed Sorota because they think that they'll probably build, build a premiership winning team in five years. Well, the average... Uh, tenure of a coach at the Warriors is 2.2 years. Mm. Oh, you mean like in history or just... In over, history. Well, it's even worse over the last probably 10 years. Yeah, so... <laughs> but if you average that out, it's like you've you've got a job for 2.2 years, yet mm. you've just he- heard people say that they, not, they you know, full good learnt from his first time with, with Ivan that he needed five years to build that Penrith side. Yeah. And now look at the fruit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I just think that 
you know, there's there's lots of learning to do there, but autonomy is a big one around a head coach. If he doesn't have full say, I don't think I don't think he lasts. Especially yeah. especially here in New Zealand, I don't think they last. And you think about like if you if, think about Webster, for example, who's coming in as the head coach. Your first year, you're working with a roster that you didn't build yourself. Well, 90% of the time, right? So, that, that's, so that's you're talking exactly about right. your 2.2 years. The first year, you're working with a roster you didn't build yourself. The second year, you're probably able to get some players in, but you're still dealing with contracts that were set up before you got there. That's year number two. So if your average is two and a half years, you're saying that if nothing happens in the third year or if things aren't turning around third year, that's it, gone. It's extremely harsh when I would say five years is probably what you need to build the roster that you want, to get the players that you want, to get them playing the way you want, to get them humming and trusting and all that sort of stuff. I mean... Yeah, I'd say four or five years is, should be your minimum. Yeah, a reset, you know, like the, a reset, sort out if what If you're you in want. that state, well, yeah. if you're in that state like the Warriors are where you where you need 100%. a force, you don't need to do that with the Storm, right? Like when Bellamy leaves, whoever, whatever the succession plan is, they're going to have a good team, a team that knows how to win, etc. I'm not saying they're going to get success, but they're not in rebuilding mode. Oh, uh, look, you're going you know? to hear Cam Munster's re-sign for for the Melbourne Storm shortly. Yeah, well, there's a big announcement coming today, wasn't there, or tomorrow from them? I saw on their oh, Twitter look, account. I, I, no doubt it's about Cam Munster. They, I thought it might of be, Of course yeah. they do. Of course they know how to build. And look at, look at, their, look at their, um, their history. You know what I mean? We, we should be able to learn from that. The other, part, the, the other part of that, too, is like when you're coming in, if you're not getting what you want when you take over, for instance, I'm bringing my own team, we're building this, this is how we want to build it, these are the players we want to target, especially someone like Webster who's coming out of Penrith and knows about the players that are coming up off contract or the players to target. Um, yeah, it just it makes your job a hell of a lot harder. Yeah, no, I do agree. Um, we've got a lot of games to run through for round 25. There are some great ones. So what I might do is take a break now, Kimby, give us plenty of time to chat through those. Of course, we've got the Warriors-Panthers on Friday night. Live call here on SENZ. Um, it is from Bluebet Stadium in Penrith. And a few changes to that Warriors team, which I'm keen to get Kimpy's thoughts about. Um, still text through, though, double eight double three. If you want to have your say, or if you want to ask a question, um, you can text her on double eight double three. We'll go through round 25 right after this. Have your say on the great game of Rugby League. 0800 150 811. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Through. Round 25, starting tomorrow night at Suncorp. It's the Broncos for the Eels. Just before we get there, though, um, a text in here from Marshy in Hawks Bay. Says, Kempi, we let Matt Lodge go, and he was making our most yardage. Let's not <laughs> yeah. get started on that. <laughs> no, he went to Sydney City for, oh, for next to nothing, and yes. he's signed for next year, apparently, Absol- for the Absolute steal for them. And I tell you what, Warriors fans, you can't let that go, that whole Matt Lodge story, because... You know, when Reese Walsh, when they said that Reese Walsh was going to be leaving early out of his contract next year, are they paying him 700k next year to go to the Broncos? No, they're not. So why are we paying Matt Lodge? And there's something there that there isn't going to get talked about because it's confidential. And it, but there's got it. There is more to that story um, that I think fans deserve to know. Another one here from Matt and Blenheim says, "Hate to say it, lads, but I think three dollars for the Panthers minus thirty six and a half." Looks a good bet this weekend. Road teams that aren't in contention at this time of the year tend to give up cricket scores, especially the Warriors, and the Panthers should be on the way up, aiming to be near peak right now, Matt and Blenheim. Three bucks at minus 36.5 can be a big start. It's a big start for the Warriors. Mm, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, they, they tend to go right against Penrith too. We, we do keep them confused. There was a game last year, I remember, where it ended, I think, like 26-12 or something. That was, yeah, relatively yeah, so, close. Yeah, you, know, you just don't know. Like, the record is go right at home, go terrible away. Go right at home, go terrible away. You know what I mean? Yet their away is actually their home. True. 
You know what I'm so Well, they're terrible. We talked about it at the commentary on Friday. They're terrible in Australia. They've lost their last 11 games straight in Australia. Yeah, so um, it's, worth, it's worth, if you if that's the way you're landing, it's worth it. Worth having a little crack. Three bucks, not bad. Okay, Broncos Eels tomorrow night, uh, 9.50 kickoff, Suncorp in Brisbane. I think this one's interesting because obviously two top eight sides. The Broncos, like we said, are battling for that uh, for that top eight position with the Raiders chomping right at their heels. And, you know, the Eels, after having that lull, they're starting to sort of find their feet a little bit. So I think this is this is shaping up to be a cracker. Yeah, yeah Dylan Brown was on fire last week. You know, going really well with Mitchell Moses, both looking for... A free free agency when they come up in November, so you know, hence the form playing going for a contract, finals, playing for contract, and the Broncos on the other end just getting sh- a sh- a shellocking from Melbourne, yeah, and having to fight for their lives to remain in the eight. So, which is such a contrast, Kempi. I know when we called that um, Tigers game at Mount Smart, I think it was the Tigers game, and and you were talking about you know Broncos being a smoky and having, and having won another game. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, I think for for Kevy Walters, he needs to he needs to finish in the eight after such a season. He'd be devastated if he got pushed out of the eight in the last week by Canberra. Mm. So uh, the Eels are as erratic as any team that we've seen this year. You don't know what they're going to show up with, but I'm thinking the Broncos may just get this one. At Suncorp, that makes a big difference for them. 100%. Uh, I'm going to lean Broncos as well. I think I'm leaning Broncos. Um, the Friday night game uh, is the, well, the 8 o'clock game is the Panthers v. the Warriors. Panthers first, Warriors 13th. Um, we've talked about uh, the Panthers are basically full strength minus uh, Nathan Cleary. So, of course, um, Sean O'Sullivan's still in there. But Jerome Luai's back, James Fisher-Harris is back. It's a very strong 17 from the Panthers. In contrast, the Warriors have made a bunch of changes. Chanel Harris-Tavita is back in the halves. Dejan Arce moves away. Uh, Josh Curran is going to start in the second row. Um, with Jack Murchie out, and then um, Ewan Aitken is missing the game for personal reasons. So the question I have is, obviously, what do you make of the team, Kempe? But I don't understand why... What did Dejan Arce do wrong in that Cowboys game to, to warrant putting Chanel back in, who we know is leaving at the end or is taking a break from rugby league at the end of the year? Well, you would have thought after the game Reese Walsh had that, that Chanel Harris-Tavita would have went to fullback and Dejan Arce would have stayed at six. Reese Walsh, once again, leaving next season. Why? You know, you know what's you know, the if point? You, if you were going to drop a half, then it was Sean Johnson in that right edge that let through all those tries. I, look, some of the some of the selections all year have been a little bit um, left field for me. I, before I, before I go there, I want to give one one guy that no one's really given enough attention to this year for Penrith called Spencer Lanier, uh, yeah. who is just an out and out. He's going to be a champion. Yep. You know what I mean? He's come on. He's scary. He's carrying the ball forward. He doesn't mind mixing it. He's, some, he's something that we sort of need here at the Warriors. Um, and on the other side of it, the return of Ben Murdoch-Masala. I think, personally, I think with the selections this week, Stace has gone, I have to shore up the right-hand side. I need to put a bigger body next to Sean, okay, because I'm not moving Sean. So that's, I think, where either um, Curran or... Uh, Elise Couture goes, yep. so they they stand next to Sean because you need that. Jack Murchie was just too too small mm. when they isolated him last week. It was just making it way too easy for them. And in the and in the halves, mate, I'm as, I'm as dumbfounded as you. I don't know why Ussie isn't playing. You've got Chanel Harris Tavita going next year. Ussie playing for a contract. The decision should be to give this kid some experience, you know. Um, and whether or not they can show up and compete against a side that's only. You know, they're basically Scott, Scott, Scotty Sorensen is the only other bloke that should be in that side. Mm. Um, so you've got no Scotty Sorensen, no Nathan Cleary, but you're at full strength at at Penrith Park, where you know they're all going to show up and play. So yeah, it's it's a 
it's a scary position to be in if well, you're a my, Warriors my, fan. My own, and I'm not saying we're going to win this game by any measure, but the, the only thing I will say is obviously with Penrith, you've, you've wrapped up the minor premiership, your, your top spot. Yep, you're trying to get your guys to peak and get into form, but there's no need for them. To, to smash us no, in this no, game but, as they but say. I'll, t- I'll tell you what happens. I'll tell you what happens this time of year when you're sitting in that position. You actually want to play better because you, you don't want no because you don't want to miss the grand final. Right, you as do a, not as a wanna, pl- individually you as a player, you do not want to be the player that gets replaced by someone else, like um, Lanier, who's breathing down your neck. Yeah, that's true. So that's a good point. you know. These players that are out there at the moment, they're playing for for grand final jersey. Mm. And there's no way in the world that they're going to lie down because they've got the minor premiership um, wrapped up. Mm. They'll go out there. They, they, they turn in a bad game. Ivan's got enough depth to go, well, you're out. Uh, give us a tip then. What do you reckon? Uh, well, Penrith, obviously. Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think they might just get it. Penrith? Just. <laughs> <laughs> Two points. Nah, look, Field I think, goal. I think, I think Penrith, I think the scary part for me is that the 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 stats stack up against the Warriors not travelling very well in Australia mm. and they can rack up another 40-point game here. Okay, there you go. Um, Storm Roosters is the late-night Friday game. I think this is an absolute cracker as well. Storm in fourth, Roosters in sixth, both coming off uh, absolute shellacking. It's the game of the round. Game of the round for sure. Um, both sides are pretty good. Um, Felice Cafusi's back in for Melbourne, which is a massive in. Um, Xavier Coates, they're saying he might be back. Uh, potentially he's going to be back after suffering that head knock against Brisbane. Um, and then you've got um, Lindsay Collins, um, Tokiaho back for the Roosters, I think, coming off the bench. So I... Oh, struggling to pick it. It's in Melbourne, Kempi. So I'd probably lean towards Melbourne, mm. but what a cracker. Well, there's a hell of a lot riding on it. You know, Melbourne, they win this game, they secure the fourth spot, and they go, they go up against Penrith the first week. That's what they want. You know, they want to travel to Penrith, get him out of the way early. Yep. I, uh, Nathan Cleary comes back, he's... he's, he's Needs a game. Takes a game, yeah. Needs a game under his belt. So yep. they need that. This game means a hell of a lot to them playing at home. And I think that, I think um, Ballyak's time has run really well. You know, you look at the way Brandon Smith, they, 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 you look at just how they're playing across the board. They're very good. Mm. The Roosters, six and six and zip. They, they're, they're on a heater, mate. Mm. Trent Robinson hasn't played his trump card. Now, does he play it this week and shift Joseph Manu to 5-8 before kickoff? That's his trump card. <laughs> that's that's with a crystal ball. Um, we've got to rip through these last games quickly. Um, Raiders Seagulls, 9th v 11th. I think the Raiders probably do get oh, the they, they, job they, done. They, 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 they jump down the back of the Broncos. Yep. That's why the Broncos have to win this game. Okay. Um, Sharks, Bulldogs. Sharks, on, yeah, Sharks that's an easy one. Um, Rabbitohs, Cowboys, which is another very tasty one on Saturday night, 9.30 at Eccles Stadium in Sydney. Um, both, you know, the Rabbitohs really trying to um, to solidify their spot in the eight and the Cowboys trying to stay in that top four. Just give me a pick for that one. Uh, look, I'm going to go the Rabbitohs on this one. I think the Rabbitohs, uh, they'll get a bit of a kick up the pants but from the game last week where they just couldn't put Penrith away. They get another chance to redeem themselves. Uh, Cowboys without dead and at halfback, I mm. think it's a big, big I loss. was just going to say, I probably would have tipped the Cowboys with, um, you know, if they had Ted and been involved. But uh, So I'll go Rabbits as well. Um, Tigers, Dragons, 16th place, 10. Dragons probably... Get the job? Well, I don't know. It's in it's in well, Sydney. It's closer, it's... Than, it's closer than everyone put, yeah. um, makes out last week's game. The dra- uh, the Dragons, they did win by 40, but they weren't winning by 40. They got that in the last 10 minutes. So I'll tell you what, if the Tigers do win it, that is all sorts of ramifications. For the final week. For the final week in terms of wooden spoon, because in the last game on Sunday at 6 o'clock, Titans 15th, the 14, uh, Knights 14th. Yeah. And that also... I, I, re- I reckon the, the, Tigers, the Tigers win and the Titans win. I think so too. That's what I've penciled in. I've penciled in yeah. Tigers and Tigers, which means the Warriors 
will be very, very nervous and very sweaty ahead of the final game against the Titans, which could be a wooden spoon playoff. Um, there you go. That's round 25. Your round 25 run through. Um, just one more uh, text or a question I want to get to Kempi just before we finish up. We'll get to that after the break. Hard-hitting analysis of one of the greatest games on earth. We're talking rugby league. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Right, just before we wrap up, um, Kempi, wanted to ask you about the um, the James Tamo uh, decision. So, um, went to the judiciary with a two-game suspension initially, of course, for calling the ref incompetent. It's been downgraded to one game, so he'll miss this weekend, but he will play the Tigers' last game um, against the Raiders, I think it is. Um, what do you make of it? You, you think it's the right call, given the circumstance? I, yeah, I do. I do. Um, based on compassionate grounds, having played 300 plus, so not many players get to 300 plus in the NRL. Mm. And, you know, apologised profusely, fronted the media afterwards and said that he was sorry. I think the embarrassment for a guy with 300 games, getting two games and not being able to play that last game to say goodbye, potentially, mm. would hurt the game. So I think they made the right decision. Do you think it's unique in that, like if something similar came up but it wasn't say the last two games of the season or like is it just because it's oh, the prospect of him never playing again that 100% that but I think what it does do Sammy it sets a precedent and if I was a player coming in next year with the same um, charge I'd be fighting it mm. there you go running it straight for another week we've got live commentary of the Warriors Panthers on Friday night and then me and Kimby are back here next Wednesday the run home up next Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.